He founded his company in 2010 after coming over from Germany on the back of a small angel round. They've now raised over $23 million, serving 200 customers, again, making it easy for them to visualize data, especially NetSuite data. Their ACV or their average contract value is somewhere around 15 grand. They also make money from professional services and some other things. Their annual return is between five and 7%, so super healthy. Their payback period is around six months or about 50% of their first year value of that 15 grand. This is episode 712. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Ryan. You'll never guess what salary he gave up to launch their startup. I got him to tell me. But first, here's today's episode. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hey, did you guys know that if you want to get all the data that I capture on this podcast without having to listen to every episode, did you know there's actually like a secret button you can click and get the whole Excel file? You can get it at getlatka.com. Every company has a profile that I interview. You get their churn, CAC, ARPU, LTV, valuations, payback period, and everything else all in a beautiful, beautiful Excel-like format. Now, here's the catch. I put a lot of money into this thing, 25,000 bucks to build it. Go look at what I built. I think you'll agree it was totally worth it. It is a beautiful, beautiful piece of website, if you know what I mean. Beautiful piece of website. And data's not valuable if the whole world has it. So I'm only giving this to 10 new people every month. That, those 10 people will then have an advantage, whether you're in private equity listening or venture capitalists or a software founder, you're gonna have a major advantage. And this isn't some fake only 10 people. I will cut it off after 10 people. So if you're hearing this right now, and it is, let's see, July 6th, you're listening to it on launch day. You're probably hearing this message, one of the first people. Go to getlatka.com to be one of the first 10. That's G-E-T. L-A-T-K-A for all these companies I've interviewed and all their data in one spot with one clickable download. Go there now. These will go very fast. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Seymour Dunker. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called iCharts, the leader in cloud business intelligence and analytics, and a seasoned entrepreneur who's been both a consumer and developer of visual analytics. Before founding iCharts, Seymour assisted SAP's senior management in driving the company's product strategy and was an early team member at two enterprise software startups before that. Seymour, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. We were great just meeting. great meeting you. We were just joking about uh, you're in Mountain View, and I was making fun of uh, how much rent you pay compared to what I get. Right? Absolutely. It's uh, it's uh, it's something, but it's great to be here. So, did you uh, tell us real quick what does iCharts do, and what's the business model? Is it SaaS or pay as you go? How do you make money? Yeah. So you already pointed out it's great. We are basically a cloud-based business intelligence and analytics solution that you can embed into other SaaS platforms. And as such, we are you know, basically a SaaS model and uh, we power analytics inside of any SaaS platform. And so give me an example of how a customer's using you. Like, tell me a real yeah. story. Yeah, exactly. So for example, we partner um, with NetSuite. NetSuite is a cloud-based ERP 
um, solution, the largest, actually. And they basically use us as a native embedded BI engine that basically powers us for all of their customers. So all of their customers, their customers are anything from, you know, manufacturing software, comp manufacturing companies, software companies, retail companies. Um, and uh, they basically use us like an app inside of NetSuite to get all of their insights, you know, real-time dashboards, uh, interactive charts, uh, right natively inside of their solution. They don't have to log out, log into a separate system. They are all inside of um, NetSuite, and that's how we work. So, guys, just to knock out some of these acronyms in case you're tuning in and you're kind of new to business. So, when he uses the word BI, that's business intelligence, um, and then uh, obviously mentioned NetSuite. Uh, you guys obviously know that. So, Seymour, should we think of iCharts kind of like a you know what, like like a grow.com, what Rob's doing, or like Clipfolio and what Alan's building. I mean, is it is it a visual representation of data, or is there is there something else behind it? So basically, it is. We you know, it's it's a, uh, it's more horizontal than that. So we basically can take any kind of data and aggregate that data in real time, and then visually represent it. Um, uh, so that people can interact and slice and dice the data, but also not only visually. So pivot tables continue to be, everybody loves pivot tables, so yep. we do pivot tables as well. In a, in a more broad, really a broad way to explain to us um, as an analogy is, think of us as like in every car, you have a navigation system, right? And um, rather than the car manufacturing building those navigation systems themselves, we supply the equivalent of an of a, um, a of a navigation system to to everybody who basically is a car manufacturing. In our case, it uh, is SaaS platforms. Does that make sense? It makes good sense. And who are you selling to? The NetSuites or the companies that are using NetSuites? Like you meant, you have on your site, I think, Candy and a few other a few other companies. It depends on kind of which ecosystem we work with. So we consider the SaaS platforms ecosystems, and NetSuite is a massive ecosystem. I think they have they serve around about forty thousand corporate entities. So in that case, we have a mixed business model. Either you know, um, you know, we have a direct sales team. We are uh, working very closely with NetSuite, who are bringing us into uh, you know business. So very mixed, but. Um, as we branch out over NetSuite, we are serving, um, you know, we will go into exclusive relationships with um, these uh, small, you know, with uh, SaaS platforms and let them distribute us. So it depends basically uh, by ecosystem and how we are, uh, you know, initiate the conversation with each. And I want to kind of dive in and get a sense of where you were psychologically when you decide to launch the company, right? You had some successes before this. Uh, before we do that, though, help us understand the, the average customer. Are we talking $100 per month, like annual plans or 10,000 or 20,000? What's the average customer paying you per year or per month? Oh, it can range from anything, I would say, starting around about, uh, um, you know, $15,000 uh, per annum um, to, you know, much larger than that. And that, already, that obviously, you know, bundles a number of users. So we basically, um, you know, give you, if you use NetSuite, we basically right-size ourselves with how, how large your NetSuite instance is, right? Yeah. 
So depending on how many users you have on that particular platform, we'll basically give you an unlimited version for that amount of users. And that kind of like, you know, varies. Yeah, so I'm seeing on your pricing page, you have the three plans, professional, business, elite, professionals, 830 okay. per month, business is 1250. It looks like 1250 if I annualize that, it comes out to about 15 grand. So that's your most popular plan, the 50 user yes. one. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Let's dive in more kind of the emotional side of the story. So what year did you launch the company in? So um, I arrived in the U.S. in 2010. So I had incorporated the company before that, but effectively restarted the company when I had landed shore in the U.S. in uh, sometime in, in uh, early 2010. And where uh, where did you come from? So I originate from uh, back in Germany. I'm half Indian, half German. And uh, yeah, so I was uh, I was uh, spent most of my time back in Germany. There's a healthy ecosystem over there. I spoke in at DLD in Munich, and I yes. was shocked yes. at just uh, there are so many people, so many companies. Why did you move from Germany to your very expensive rent in Palo Alto? Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, I was paying way too little in uh, back in Germany, so I decided. Like, <laughs> what was your rent? What was your rent in Germany? Uh, like a fraction of what I'm paying today. So uh, <laughs> I would say a quarter. So. Uh, um, you know, I've got a, it's a really funny and interesting story. So, I mean, the short version of it is when I had, um, you know, I had this idea for a cloud-based, you know, business intelligence uh, platform. And the question really is, where do you, where do you, where do you build that, right? And when I started originally, I was based in Germany. I had uh, hired some, you know, brought in early some developers from India. Now my entire development team is here in Mountain View, but you know that's that's how I started. And I was wondering where to start. And I know from my past, trying as a German company to sell to the U.S. market, it makes much more sense to be here in the U.S. market than trying to, you know, fighting the not invented wheel here. Yep. But also I talked to early customers in Germany and who asked me, who, who I asked, uh, you know, would you be interested in buying from, a, you know, um, iCharts uh, Heidelberg GmbH or from an iCharts Silicon Valley Inc.? And they very clearly said that, uh, you know, we're definitely interested from buying where the innovation is. So it was kind of like, you know, clear to me, like the U.S. guys buy, like to buy from American companies. Germans like to buy from Silicon Valley. So why not, you know, why not move there? So why <laughs> not Why not just do what a lot of media companies do, which is buy a postal box in New York City or buy a postal box in Silicon Valley? Yeah. No, uh, plus there's the personal dimension, like who would not want to live for a would not want to live in uh, in uh, in the sunny California. Yep. So it kind of like also totally fit into uh, into uh, my uh, uh, my personal and my wife's uh, kind of like you know uh, perspective is uh, coming out here and uh, you know building a company from him. And fast forward, so you launched it in 2010. Fast forward to today, how many folks are on your team? We have a team of 60 people. Okay. And um, yeah, we have 60 people. Uh, All in Mountain View. Well, so we have two locations. We have uh, Mountain View locations, and then we are out in Sacramento. My sales uh, team, sales operations, is out in Sacramento. And how so, many folks of the 60 are sales? Um, we are a 20-man team in the, in the sales and um, you know supporting functions. So, yeah. 
Okay. And then if we go back, uh, I, I want to dig more into kind of this sales role here. We talked to a lot of SaaS companies uh, that have gotten really, really good at figuring out how to drive net revenue expansion from their current customer base year over year. And a lot of that levers, usually the strongest lever, there's number of seats, but sometimes there are other levers that inside sales team can pull. What levers are, are those? I, I'm assuming those 20 are probably some inside salespeople. What levers are they pulling to drive uh, expansion revenue for your product? So, so basically, um, our right now, uh, the majority of our go-to-market is centered around, um, you know, going and finding NetSuite customers. And so the lever is very simple. Like if you are using NetSuite, um, we pretty much, you know, know your pain points very well, which is um, you are struggling with, um, you know, getting reports and insights, and we fix that problem. And so uh, the size of how much you need really depends on how big your uh, NetSuite instance is and how the value of our system grows the more user you use it, right? So, so we have a discussion with you is how, you know, what's the value of having uh, consistent um, insights and KPIs measured across the organization? And how do you make that, you know, transparent and visible to everybody? And that automat automatically drives our conversation in terms of uh, right-sizing uh, how much of eye charts you need. Seymour, that was, was really valuable to understand that. What I was referencing, though, is when someone is already your customer, right? In year right. one, they've paid you the contract. What are you doing over the next part of their lifetime to increase the value you're giving them and also at the same time increase the price point? The number for this would be, right, net revenue expansion. Right. Uh, okay, got it. So, um, so oh, well, look. Um, as these get started, um, we develop a really, you know, a good sense of what their needs are. And uh, for example, it, you know, a number of our customers need, like, they start with one data source, but now they basically are trying to get insights from multiple data sources. So, how can I have integrated an integrated view? That's a that's a fantastic way of expanding. So, for example, one of our customers basically has production level data, right? So they have, you know, in one system they have ERP data, their financials. In another system they have, you know, production level data, and you know, see those that that data combined that drives expansion for us. Got it. Makes sense. So broader use, basically. And you're now uh, call it seven years into the company. How many customers are you serving, or a range? So we're quickly accelerating. So around about 200 customers. Okay. Um, and, you know, we are adding, uh, I think, 20, 30 customers a month right now. So, um, and uh, with our upcoming channel agreements, uh, that's uh, going to be accelerating even further. So just to be, you know, on the, on the, on the, we really started, you know, we've been focusing on various markets. Our, you know, focus on ecosystems started really three years ago. So mm -hmm. um, that was like we started in the NetSuite ecosystem uh, three years ago. So that that's kind of like real, the real. Um, um, and Seymour, have, have you bootstrapped this company or have you raised capital? And if so, how much? So we raised a uh, couple of times. So we've raised uh, $23 million to date. Mm -hmm. And initially, we bootstrapped the companies with the help of a number of angel investors that basically helped me to come here to the U.S. and then uh, built the company as we've gone. But institutional investments, we you know started taking roughly um, three years ago. So the bulk of the funding came as we you know growing into our current business model. 
and I and I assume kind of as you're raising this capital, you're getting better senses of of kind of how cohorts are performing, whether you're onboarding them from the NetSuite kind of channel or other channels you're growing. Uh, obviously, a key thing in any SaaS business is churn. Uh, what's your what's your annual churn look like, and why do people leave if they do choose to leave? So our annual churn is around about I would say five to seven uh, um, percent, okay. and um, the majority. We are kind of like dependent on the underlying, right? So since we're inside of the NetSuite, baked into the NetSuite, if they leave NetSuite, they leave us, yeah. right? So so that's kind of like where we are connected to. Also, a big function, what we've found is that it all matters how we onboard the customers. So, mm -hmm. you know, early on, we were still in a learning, um, experience learning curve. If you don't onboard the customers in the right way, uh, spend enough time with them, let go too early, that's where um, they, um, uh, you know, we we just noticed that they like, you know, we we haven't gotten them where we need to get them to. So doing an excellent job on onboarding the customers, uh, making sure that all of their needs are taken care of, and then obviously there's certain dependencies we cannot, you know, fully influence. And quickly, let's touch on CAC and LTV before we wrap up because we're running out of time. Um, I'm I sh I'm sure you're doing all kinds of tests related to acquisition. What is it costing on average to acquire a new customer? So as compared to, you know, we compare that to our first-year contract. So we are roughly at 50% of our first-year contract. Right? So 7,500 bucks. Yeah. So we are, we, are, we are highly profitable basically from the initial time we close a, close a deal, yeah. which is great because that means we can, you know, reinvest into uh, you know building great service for our customers so it's um it's great more are they are they you said your average contract value annually is about 15 grand are those typically paid all up front yes correct. so you have no cash gap issues if it costs you 7500 bucks to acquire a new one yep got correct. it um what is what is what's stopping you from growing faster because the metrics look look like they make a lot of sense you know, there's uh, there's an advantage of growing fast, and there's an advantage of uh, of burning yourself as you grow too fast. Because you know, as you kind of like grow into the next levels, you want to make sure you have the right set of quality in place, both across your teams. Like, you know, how do you sell? How do you serve your customers? How do you build your product? So uh, um, that's uh, so we've we've kind of like hit critical mass at this point. So we're kind of like ready to take off the brakes and uh, accelerate uh, our business. But what I, perhaps that's part of my background coming from where I come from, quality matters <laughs> big time. So, uh, um, so yeah, we're exactly at that point right now. So, but until now it was all about focus on having a highly, you know, well-functioning team that produces quality and gives our customers um, what, uh, what we need to give them. And Seymour, I can, I'm going to do backwards math or back in the napkin math here for a second. You mentioned you had about 200 ish customers and your average contract value is about 15 grand. So it's safe to assume you guys are doing somewhere in terms of ARR around 3 million ish. Well, as I said, we are, um, uh, not in a position to mention our revenue numbers being private companies, but where, um, where would that equation that I just did go wrong? Cause you, you told me both of those, those numbers, why would that multiplication not be accurate? So we also do some professional services for our bigger customers. So okay. we we are we are you know the specifically the larger ones um, you know want us to do extra work in terms of integrating additional data sources. So there's additional um, stuff we do there. So I'm I'm judging based off this 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 small smile on your face when I said that you're doing more than three million when you add on professional services and everything else. 
As I said, I can't, uh, I can't pump it. Yeah. You guys will have to watch the video and decide for yourself what they're doing based off Seymour's reaction. Hey, did you guys know that if you wanted to get all the data that I capture on this podcast without having to listen to every episode, did you know there's actually like a secret button you can click and get the whole Excel file? You can get it at gitlatka.com. Every company has a profile that I interview. You get their churn, CAC, ARPU, LTV, valuations, payback period, and everything else all in a beautiful, beautiful Excel-like format. Now, here's the catch. I put a lot of money into this thing, 25,000 bucks to build it. Go look at what I built. I think you'll agree it was totally worth it. It is a beautiful, beautiful piece of website, if you know what I mean. Beautiful piece of website. And data's not valuable if the whole world has it. So I'm only giving this to 10 new people every month. That Those 10 people will then have an advantage, whether you're in private equity listening or venture capitalists or a software founder, you're gonna have a major advantage. And this isn't some fake only 10 people. I will cut it off after 10 people. So if you're hearing this right now, and it is, let's see, July 6th, you're listening to it on launch day. You're probably hearing this message, one of the first people. Go to getlatka.com to be one of the first 10. That's G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A for all these companies I've interviewed and all their data in one spot with one clickable download. Go there now. These will go very fast. Seymour, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, uh, my uh, favorite business book is Kevin Kelly. Um, it's called, um, uh, and it's slipping right now in my mind. It's uh, the uh, in, uh, um, incredible. I think it's called incredible. Number it's basically, two. First, yeah. So for the about the, the the future trends. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? I would say one of my favorite ones, uh, just because he's a wildcat, is Elon Musk. <laughs> Number three. Are you a wildcat deep down? You're going to sell this company and then go, you know, try and take over Mars? Well, uh, I'm not sure about selling at this point, but, uh, um, you know, it's fun building a high growth company and having a great team on board. So, and, you know, going to Mars, I don't know, but there's other stuff that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, but so Seymour, if NetSuite came to you and they're trying to add to their top line and said, hey, we're going to write you a check for $90 million, yes or no, do you sell? Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> he said that with a straight face. That was pretty good. All right, number, so what is your what is your favorite tool? Number three, what's your tool? My favorite tool? Uh, absolutely iCharts, because actually really- Besides I'm your not, own, besides your own. Besides your own, I'm not able to uh, mention my own. What is my favorite tool? Um, One you use a lot for your business. For you, actually NetSuite. So we use NetSuite, it's a great, fantastic tool. We also use Salesforce um, for basically running our internal business grid. Not you know what you would expect, uh, but uh, um, uh, yeah, so those are go fantastic online systems we use. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, more, you know, like more lately, which is great. So I try to sleep seven hours, six hours, seven hours. Great. And what's your current situation? Married, single, do you have kids? I've got a great wife and three fantastic kids. Oh, wow. Okay. And how old are you? I am, uh, 45, 45. Okay. Last question. Take us back 25 years, Seymour. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? What I wish my 20, uh, that's a good question is, uh, well, so I would, um, pretty much do a lot of the stuff that I've done, uh, perhaps spend a little bit more time outdoor. 
There you guys have it from Seymour, founder of iCharts. He would have spent more time outdoors. He founded his company in 2010 after coming over from Germany on the back of a small angel round. They've now raised over $23 million, serving 200 customers, again, making it easy for them to visualize data, especially NetSuite data. Their ACV or their average contract value is somewhere around 15 grand. They also make money from professional services and some other things. Their annual return is between five and 7%, so super healthy. Their payback period is around six months or about 50% of their first year value of that 15 grand. Again, 60 folks based out there in Mountain View and San Francisco. Seymour, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks a lot. Thanks for spending the time. If you enjoyed today's episode with Seymour, go back and listen to Daniel yesterday, who broke down how he bootstrapped into Silicon Valley.